Good evening and welcome to the Dollar Dogs and Beer Podcast. I am your host, Andrew, and joining me tonight, we have the whole crew with us. We've got Jason and Joe. Guys, how are you doing tonight? Doing good, doing good. <laughs> you don't sound as enthused as I was hoping, Jason. We'll get to that. <laughs> Joe, how are you tonight, bud? Hey, no complaints from me, man. Uh, perfect week for the Cubbies and Notre Dame didn't lose, so. <laughs> yeah. That was Did Notre uh, Dame play. No, that's okay. the point. Well, that's, hey, that's what I was wondering. Yeah, when you when you said Notre Dame didn't lose, that's I was like, I think I need some clarification on that. Well, come on, Jason. We've seen how many teams lose bye weeks, so uh, you know. <laughs> oh man, it uh, what a great week last week was in baseball. I am. Uh, I'm on cloud nine. I'm ready to roll into the playoffs, man. <laughs> it was okay. Hey, you're not out, and you're still in the driver's seat. So. On the fringe. On the fringe. Isn't the magic number one? Sure is. There you go. That's the good thing. All right. So, uh, Jason, what are you uh, drinking your sorrows with tonight, bud? Um, I am going with the Bud Light uh, Lemon Lime Hard Soda. It is... Delicious. I still have to work my way through that case of 12. So that's fair. Yeah, so, so further notice, it'll be something like this. <laughs> fair enough. All right. Uh, Joe, what do you got tonight? I'm back on the American lager from Big Truck Farms just from last week. Um, I also have a Miller Lite. I didn't get to this one last week. Um, and I'm going to leave this out and maybe let it skunk like the Brewers did this week. So. <laughs> yeah, my God. The, the Brewers. that. <laughs> They, the Phillies gave them every opportunity to sneak in, and the Brewers, being the Brewers, screwed the pooch. To absolutely nobody on this podcast, surprise, nor anybody who has ever rooted for the... Well, okay, but Jason, you're also kind of... Uh, it's, it's not really fair because you're also a Phillies fan, and you're used to things falling apart this time of year. But to anybody who has ever rooted for the Cubs or is related to someone who roots for the Cubs, as in my case, you're used to the Brewers screwing the pooch at the uh, most opportune times possible. So I, I was not at all surprised to see them uh, implode last week. And for me, guys, I'm going to stick on the uh, new trail brewing kick that I've been on lately, and I'm drinking a double zombies tonight. That is a double pumpkin ale with the uh, phenomenal can art as well. Uh, I don't know who does their artwork, but it's always really good. So uh, that's uh, that's what I'm drinking tonight because, hey, October's coming. It's been raining for, what, three straight days here in Lancaster County, so it really feels like fall now. Uh, so let's roll into it. And also, thank God the Barnstormers managed to win it last week before it turned into a monsoon. Um, not to jump on your yeah. show there, Jason. But yeah, and I way. mean, and the, and the thing for us right now is we ha we're getting the remnants of Hurricane Ian, so... Um, I know all of us feel this way, I'm sure, but Florida, we're thinking of you. Um, hope everybody is staying safe. Uh, those of you that listen in, hope you all, we're all safe and hopefully things can get rebuilt soon. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, uh, kicking things off tonight, we're going to talk quick about the home run chases. Aaron judge hits number 61 last Wednesday. That was nine twenty eight. He hit that in Toronto against the Blue Jays off of left-handed pitcher Tim uh, Meza. It was a two-run home run. He snapped a seven-game homerless drought, which incredibly is his longest homerless drought of the season, which 
uh, incredibly and insanely, holy crap, that seven is the longest. That, that's nuts. Looking at the triple crown check, his average is 311. He is second place behind Luis Arias, who is at 315. He has 61 home runs, leading by a comfortably significant chunk of 22. And he has 130 RBIs, which is first by eight. That's probably pretty safe, I would think. Although I, there are three games left, so I guess it's, I wouldn't call it a lock, but it's pretty damn close to a lock. So the last AL Triple Crown winner, of course, is Miguel Cabrera in 2012. Uh, Joe, what do you think? Do you think Judge is going to hit 62, and do you think he's going to catch the Triple Crown? Um, I don't know. I mean, he's got, you know, the rest of tonight there in the sixth inning. Now he, uh, had a single earlier in the inning. Um, so, I mean, could he maybe get the average up enough? I don't know if it's enough time to make that up. We'll see. Um, and and 62, I, I think he should at least get 62. Um, I mean, two weeks ago we were talking 65 or 66. So, um, 62 seems just enough, I think. Okay. Jason? Yeah, I think he'll get to 62. Um, when we were thinking 65, we weren't expecting to ha- for him to have that long drought that he did. So 62, I think he gets. Um, as far as the Triple Crown, I, I don't see him catching um, uh, Luis Arias. He's four points. Well, I guess... Yeah, four points behind, and he's trying too hard right now, and he's also focusing on that 62, so he's not really getting the hits other than, I know, Joe, you mentioned he has a single tonight. Um, so I I don't see him catching the, the batting average there for, to get that triple crown. Okay. Yeah, I don't. Th- I, I'd love to see him get the triple crown. I think he's going to fall just short. I agree with you guys. He's pushing too hard for that home run, um, and he's probably tired for carrying the Yankees entirely on his back for the last two and a half months, pretty much single handedly. Um, so you know, I th- that's my guess. I, I do think he hits sixty two at some point, even if somebody just you know lobs a gopher pitch at him that he can crush. I think it does happen. Um, Jim, I'll hit that in a minute, but yeah, dude, your Orioles so close, bud. just ran out of gas. Um, I, I was pushing so hard. I was hoping they were going to sneak into that last wild card spot, but didn't happen this year, but you know what? You're absolutely right. Winning record. The fan base should be charged up and excited. The future is looking great in Baltimore. Um, I would not at all be shocked if they are in the wild card next year or even contending for the division, depending on what the uh, Yankees do this offseason and where Aaron Judge goes. That will absolutely uh, play into that. Yeah, and, and Jim, that's that's exactly why I'm wearing the Orioles jersey tonight. Um, celebrate a team that lost 110 games, 110-plus games last year, um, and then finished with a winning record this year. So... Uh, first team since the 1800s to do that. Um, incredible season. Did much better than anybody thought they would. So hats off to the O's. And not just limping to a 500 record. They're significantly over 500 right now. They got a 516 winning percentage. That Just phenomenal turnaround for the Orioles. And they're, they're at 82 wins. So I don't know that I would say significantly over 500. They need to get a couple more wins to make sure that they're not 82 and 80, but yeah, but, but still I compared to 110 losses, 
Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is uh, this is yeah, as you said, Jason. I mean, this this is a historic turnaround. Having not seen this um, in you know hundred years, yeah. And also, there, I'm going to jump ahead just slightly. I saw a stat earlier today for teams that have hit 100 plus wins. Atlanta had the lowest record of any team to ever get 100 plus wins this year um, by at least 30 or 40 points. And I was also not surprised to see that there were other Atlanta Braves teams on there from the 90s because it seemed like a lot of those teams started slowly a few times too. So, you know, just you love seeing turnarounds. You saw an in-season turnaround. You saw a season A to season B turnaround. You know, that parity is back in baseball, and it is a very, very good thing as we see more and more teams. And, you know, this is one thing they were hoping for with expanding the playoffs, and I – I still don't like the expanded playoffs at all, but this is a very good thing, adding more parity, getting more teams into the race for longer. Um, and yet, you know, honestly, I, I will not be shocked if the Orioles take a wild card spot next year, or even potentially contend for the division. It's definitely not outside of the realm of possibilities. You know, a couple free agent pickups, maybe getting Trey Mancini back in the offseason would be phenomenal. You know, it's it, definitely possible, and I'd love to see it. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Jason, let's move on. How about some uh, down on the farm and our uh, local barnstormers? Yeah. So we'll get to the stormers in a little bit. We'll end we'll end on the good note. Um, so just an update on some of the minor league baseball playoffs from that we mentioned last week. So in the triple uh, A level for the Pacific Coast League Championship, you had the Reno Aces versus the El Paso Chihuahuas, which was Diamondbacks versus Padres. The Reno Aces won that game won that game six to two to advance to the Triple A championship as the Pacific Coast League champs. And there they faced the Durham Bulls, the Triple A team for the Rays, because they beat the Nashville Sounds, the Triple A affiliate for the Brewers, for the International League Championship by a an incredible score of 13 to nothing. And then the Durham Bulls ended up beating the Aces in the AAA championship 10 to 6. So congrats, Durham, uh, on your AAA title. And the moving into double A, double uh, A does not have just one championship. They have a bunch of different leagues that just have their own uh, championship series. Uh, we'll start in the Eastern League, which is the one that we're familiar with which had the Somerset Patriots, which is the Yankees double-A team, and former Atlantic League team. Uh, they won quite a few Atlantic League championships. Uh, they ended up beating the Erie Seawolves, which are the Tigers affiliate, two games to one. And that included, in the clinching game, a combined no-hitter for the Somerset Patriots pitching staff, which is phenomenal. And then the Southern League, the Pensacola Blue Wahoos for the Marlins, they defeated, sorry, Joe, the Tennessee Smokies, the Cubs affiliate, um, by a, a series score of two games to one. And then... I have results from multiple sports. I Which said series, one? and naturally, Baseball, my phone just thought it was Siri. golf. See, man, this is why you don't go with an iPhone. <laughs> um, so anyway... Uh, Texas League, 
you had the uh, Frisco Rough Riders for the Rangers. They defeated the uh, Wichita, and I just did not write their names down. I was trying to do that off from memory. But they defeated uh, Wichita Wind Surge. That's what it was. Mm -hmm. uh, for the Twins, they won that two games to none. And then we get to the Atlantic League, which is an independent league, uh, not affiliated with any major league teams, but they are a partner league in that they they are the league that tests out future rule changes and MLB then sees how it goes. And if they like it, they implement it at the major league level. So they faced the High Point Rockers from High Point, North Carolina in the Atlantic League Championship Series. And the uh, the way this started, the first two games were at high point, and then the last three, if necessary, um, games four and five, if necessary, were in Lancaster. Um, so at high point, the Stormers won game one in 12 innings, six to two. They then won game two, so they they got both games uh, won on the road there. They won game two, 11 to six. So they came home. Uh, needing only one win in three games to claim their third Atlantic League championship. They did it in one. They got the sweep six to one. Um, and it was a dominating game for the Barnstormers. Excuse me. Oscar De La Cruz pitched for the Barnstormers. He was named the ALC uh, Atlantic League most valuable player for the championship series because in that game three, he pitched a complete game four hitter and he had five innings where he pitched, had less than 10 pitches. He also retired 19 in a row at one point. So absolutely dominating series for the Stormers. It, it was their first title since 2014, their third overall. Every eight years, it seems like they win it. They won it before in 2006. So hopefully we don't have to wait until 2030 for another one. Um, but yeah, uh, Great job, great job, great job, Barnstormers. Congratulations. Yeah, first of all, thank you for telling me about the uh, Stormers live streaming it on YouTube. It was great to be able to see the end of that game. Um, that was some of the best pitching I think I've ever seen in a playoff game of any level, honestly. I mean, he was just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, I, 19 in a row, that might be a record at almost any level in a championship game. Uh, I, I'd have to look it up to be sure, but that's good. I, I believe the uh, perfect game in yeah. the World Series would uh, fight I mean, you for that one. Yeah, taking the one perfect game out of how many World Series games out, uh, besides that one, I can't think of any other World Series game where I've seen 19 up, 19 down in a row. That's just insane. Um, he was actually on pace for Maddox for a little while there until he gave up the run. I think he was still barely over a hundred pitches when it was all said and done. So uh, absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. He gave, he gave up that run in like the second or the third inning, but then retired everybody until I think it was like the eighth inning or so he, he gave up a hit. Yeah. Um, yeah it, it, it just, it, it wasn't even close. Um, the rockers didn't really help their help themselves out either. Three runs that the storm were scored in the first inning were all unearned. So yeah, yeah, you're putting yourself in a hole early. And if you have a pitcher coming at you that's just dominating like that, you stand no chance. Yeah, so just I, about it. I believe De La Cruz was at like 105, 106 pitches. Yeah, that's not bad at all. That's very, very impressive. 
Um, and then uh, just just out of curiosity, was the uh, first thing the Marlins affiliate said "woohoo" when they won? <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help myself. Uh, also, Jason, next time, just just hit the bull, man. Just hit what, the bull. What 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 you don't hear is the sound of all the crickets. <laughs> eh, I deserve that one. All right, so. Uh, Moving on, uh, Joe, do you want to talk about your arch nemesis and uh, the wonderful uh, ceremonies they had on Sunday? Yeah, so, um, you know, obviously as a, as a diehard Cub fan, the Cardinals are one of my, uh, you know, nemesis, as, as you said, Andrew. Um, Pujols, Molina, and Wainwright played and started in Sunday's game. Um, they removed the three of them together in the fifth inning. Um, and pregame ceremonies for Pujols and Molina. They had a, a video celebration on the scoreboard. A couple of old teammates were around for the gift presentations. Uh, tomorrow is Yachty Molina Day in St. Louis, and uh, Wednesday will be Pujols Day in St. Louis. Um, I won't be celebrating those holidays for obvious reasons. <laughs> um, the, uh, the Cardinals – Gave, gave them a lot of great gifts um, for their contributions to the city um, and to the club. Um, as as far as Pujols' stats coming out of yesterday's game, um, he hit a homer in his last at bat, uh, so he's at 703. Uh, and, he, and then the RBI number is 22-14, 2,214. Ties Babe Ruth for second all time. Um the other thing I saw was that Pujols hit a homer in his first at bat at Bush Stadium, as he, and then hit one in his last at bat at Bush Stadium. So that's uh, you know, you, you can't help but be romantic about baseball, as they always say, and those are those kind of things that just make you go, "Wow." Yeah, um, and also um, Pujols passed Babe Ruth today, so he is now in sole possession of second place all time for RBIs. Just Freaking phenomenal. Yeah, tonight he hit number 703. Does he know that there's only two games left and he's probably not going to catch Babe's home run record, or does that not matter? <laughs> he's just rubbing it into A-Rod now, just like, let's just see how much farther past you I can get. Oh, please, rub it in all you can. Yeah, but like, th think about some of the old teammates that were there. Holiday was there. Ray Langford was there. That's a name we haven't heard in years. How about uh, former closer Jason Isringhausen? Um, man, I hated seeing him come into the game. <laughs> he wasn't Mariano, but he had really good stuff. Um, Molina said, quote, I'm proud and it was a great honor to wear this uniform in St. Louis in baseball heaven. Um, in the bottom of the fifth, I mean, it, I, I just love what Marmel did here. He was going to try and do it at the top of the inning, but the Pirates were just beating the snot out of Wainwright. So he did it in the bottom of the fifth. He came out, had a brief meeting on the mound with uh, Wainwright, Molina, and Pujols, and everybody else in the infield. And then he pulled all three of the guys out at the same time so they could walk off the field together. Uh, that was just so cool. The crowd went nuts, although... I saw somebody was saying, well, it could have been, you know, it could have been louder. They were kind of caught off unawares. Well, that's because they were, if they were caught unawares because they were too busy looking at their phone, not paying attention to the game, seeing Wainwright wasn't going to make it to the top of the next inning. So, you know, 
Um, guys, a crazy Molina stat I pulled out. Uh, Yachty played over 19 seasons with the Cardinals. Over this period of time, he will finish playing a grand total of 24 games in which the Cardinals have been mathematically eliminated from playoff contention. 24 games over 19 seasons. That's sick. That's absolutely sick. Ugh. Yeah, that, that really speaks to, one, his longevity, and two, just how good the Cardinals have been while he's been with them. I mean, we keep talking about this. Uh, like, we talked about it last year, and we talk about it. We're going to talk about this year already, where if the Cardinals are in contention for a playoff spot or if they make the playoffs, they are so dangerous. Mm-hmm. They they know how to turn it on and make that push. Yeah. Yeah, they've proven that time and time again. And no matter how young that team is, they have enough old guys with that experience to say, all right, guys, this is what we have to do. This is what we're going to do. Let's hit the gas. I mean, look at that winning streak they went on at the end of last season that propelled them from basically an afterthought in the wild card race to winning the wild card. That was insane. I mean, that's just what they do. And it's frustrating as hell because I remember a certain game five of the NLDS where uh, they uh, forced an implosion of my Atlanta beloved Atlanta Braves at Truist Park. Um, not a team I ever like to face in the playoffs because they just they figure out a way to get it done so often. Just absolutely insane. And I, I got to tell you, I had goosebumps watching the three of them just walk off the field together. That was so cool. Um, I know Wainwright hasn't announced that he's going to retire at the end of the year. Do you guys think he's done or do you think he's maybe going to try and run it out one more time? I mean, earlier this year he was doing pretty well, but the last month and a half, two months have not been very kind to Mr. Wainwright. What do you think, Joe? Yeah, I don't know if he will or not. I think there's a obviously a big emotional connection to Yachty. So I, I I'd find it hard to believe that he would come back and catch with some or throw to somebody else. Yeah. Um, and and like you said, the last couple of months have not been um, the best for him. So probably not. I think he's probably done. But you know, could I see it happening? Absolutely. Yeah, and and I also don't think he wants to play anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So uh, unless the Cardinals offer him some sort of deal that he's like, okay, sure, I'll do one last go. Um, I I, th- I think we may be seeing the the end of his career as well. Well, and you know the Cardinals might even do what the Nationals did with Ryan Zimmerman and say, hey do what you want to do. We're going to have a standing offer ready. If you want to come back, let us know. Um, But, you know, just let him do what he's going to do. Cause he's not, you know, it's just like Zimmerman. Zimmerman's not going to sign any, wouldn't have signed anywhere else. If he was going to come back and play, it was going to be at the nationals and nobody else. Um, Wainwright, if he comes back next year, it's going to be at the Cardinals and nobody else. So I could absolutely see like, uh, you know, that's the first conversation they have in the exit interview is, Hey, We'll let you take time, talk to the family, spend some time. Don't make a quick decision on this. Take your time. You know, whether you're here or not, we'll be fine. You know, I could absolutely see that because that's, you know, in addition to everything else, they're a very well-run organization. You, this is not one of the organizations where you see players mouthing off about the front office because they can't stand whatever's going on in the background. This is 
not one of those organizations. So that was, yeah, I mean, that was just so cool. I, I love that. <laughs> and let's remember, Yachty and Wainwright set the record earlier this year for most starts as a battery combination. And that record, I will be shocked if that ever gets broken. Um, like 384, 385, something like that. That's just absolutely insane. Yeah. And, and you don't see, again, we keep talking about longevity. You don't see that with catchers anymore. You don't you don't yeah. see that with starting pitchers anymore, especially starting pitchers staying with one team for as long. So, yeah, I don't I don't know if if it gets broken, it's not going to be for a very very long time. Nineteen years as a catcher. Nineteen years. Just just think about that. And it, I mean, he's probably I know they've spelled him a little bit of DH this year, but he. They never moved him to first or anything like that because he's always had that cannon for an arm. And somehow, don't ask me how, somehow his knees have held up to 19 years as a catcher. Now, I'm sure some orthopedic surgeon is looking at those knees and being like, yeah, you're going to be getting surgery at some point, boy. But I, that's utterly insane. I Has any other catcher gone 19 years solely as a catcher? I can't think of many. Maybe Pudge, maybe Johnny Bench, but... the. 19 years is insane. So um, I'll let, you know, Jason, if you want to look that up in the background, go for it. Um, Joe, uh, what do you have for release the good this week? Yeah. Um, you, know, we had a, the Rockies had a miserable season this year. Um, they're going to finish last once again in the NL West, which given the competition at the top is not, you know, surprising. Um, KB couldn't help them this year. Um, they are 45 games out of first place entering Sunday. They were 45 games out. Um, everything went wrong for them this year. The one thing that didn't uh, go wrong was uh, Daniel Bard, uh, who's their closer. He's been the adulting reliever a few times this year. Um, he last pitched in the big leagues before 2020 in 2013 for the Red Sox. Um Really didn't didn't return until seven years after that. Um, bounced around over the next four years in the minors, trying to work his way back. Um, he just felt like he was gone. His, he had the, you know, a case of the yips, I guess. And in 2017, he retired from baseball. Uh, was a player mentor for the Diamondbacks. Um, you know, he he had a real negative attitude about things, um, and. Uh, this year has been different. This year he uh, is saved 32 of 35 opportunities this year with the 188 ERA. Um, he's third in the National League in saves this year. Um, and, and that road back started being sort of a, a mentor for the Diamondbacks and working with some of those younger guys and saying, look, he tried to, he couldn't really find the, the positive in, in things. Things just disappeared for him. He couldn't control the ball anymore. Um, and you know, he had this, this attitude about it. He was kind of just sharing his story all the time, um, about how badly things had gone. And a couple of the guys said, you know, yeah, but you pitched in the majors, like you pitched in Fenway park, like you, you at least had some, you know, something go right, um, for a while. And, and so, he, you know, he started throwing some, some bullpen and doing some work and, and finally was like, oh, I've got it. Uh, and maybe this, maybe this will work. He threw a couple of bullpens. Things looked really 
good. The, the Rockies gave him a shot uh, in, in 2020, and he, he was able to make it back uh, to the game and have an amazing year this year um, by all accounts. Like I said, he was the adult team reliever a few times and, and a big bright spot for a team with not much else. So um, he was the comeback player in 2020. Um, and a hat tip to Daniel Bard for uh, his perseverance and finding a way not to give up. It's very easy um, to, to give up and to not for not giving up and having a hell of a year this year. Uh, Daniel Bard is your release to good this week. Absolutely. Um, great, great, great story. You know, just like Matzik uh, getting the yips, retiring for a little bit and coming back. I love seeing that. And, you know, it makes uh, it makes players hopefully it, it encourages more of them to bring up their mental health and talk about it. So it becomes less of a stigma. Great story, Joe. Um, Jason, you pulled up some catching stats for us. Yeah. So what I focused on, I didn't focus on seasons. Um, I instead focused on games um, just because games that catcher to me is, is going to be a little more indicative of longevity at the catching position um, cause you have seasons change as far as the number of games in, included and whatnot. So the, uh, Yachty is actually fourth in games caught the, the leading catcher is Ivan Rodriguez, Pud Rodriguez. Uh, he caught 2,427 games. Carlton Fisk is number two at 2,226 games. And then Bob Boone. Uh, former Philly catcher here, uh, 2,225 games. And then you have Yachty at 2,184 games. And then rounding out the top five is Gary Carter at 2,056 games. Um, to give you some other information here, um, Pudge, Pudge's stats, um, all but 367 of those were in the American League. So where he could have been a DH um, and Carlton Fisk. All of those were in the American league. Bob Boone actually had a pretty even split um, 1130 in the American league, 1095 in the national and Yachty all in the national league. And so figure until 2020 um, there was no DH for him to, to utilize. So, and then Gary Carter, also all of those were in the National League. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, and can I just say, thinking about that many games at catcher makes my knees hurt. Not going to lie. Um, I know season-wise, Pudge played for 21 seasons as a catcher, which is just nuts. Um, Yogi Bear, I know he wasn't in your top five. He also caught for 19 seasons as well. I mean, I don't know that career length for those other guys offhand, but I mean, that's just that that's nuts. And it just shows how freaking phenomenal of a catcher Yadier was, is still, I shouldn't say was cause he's not retired yet. All right. So let's talk about some playoffs. So um, obviously we still have three games left in the season for most teams. Uh, some teams might only have two left, but it, uh, like Atlanta's playing a makeup game tonight with the Marlins. I think they were supposed to end on a two-game miniseries, but it, for all intents and purposes, that's where we're at. 
So, AL, we're just we're gonna talk about our predictions tonight. We're gonna assume that seedings are gonna hold. Some of the seedings could change around for uh, teams that aren't locked in, but um, we know the Astros, Yankees, Guardians are locked in one, two, three in the American League, and then in the Wild Card American League, Blue Jays are four, Mariners are five, Rays are six. The Mariners did jump ahead of the Rays right now. Um, as it stands in the Wild Card round, it's Mariners at the Blue Jays, Rays at the Guardians. Um, the Astros will get the winner of Mariners Rays. Yankees will get the winner of Rays Guardians in the National League right now. Dodgers and Braves are one, two Braves have not locked up the two seed yet. If they lose out and the Mets win out, the Mets will take the NL East in the two seed. Um, but the odds of that happening are hopefully very low, but you know, it's not a lock yet. Cardinals are locked in at the three seed. Mets are currently four. Like whoever does not win the NL East has long clinched the top NL wild card. Currently, Padres are five, Phillies are six. That could still flop because um, the Phillies do own the tiebreaker with the Padres. So as it stands right now, the wild card round is Padres at Mets, Phillies at Cardinals. And just a reminder with the wild card round, all three, it's a best of three. All three games are held at the higher seed stadium. There is no travel with the wild card round anymore. The Dodgers will get the winner of Mets-Padres. The Braves will get the winner of Phillies-Cardinals. Um, looking at the placement right now, Toronto's two and a half games out of the Mariners. So that means if uh, they win or the Mariners lose, they will clinch the four seed. Mariners are only a game and a half ahead of the Rays, so that could still change. Uh, like I said, the NL, the, whoever loses the East, they've clinched the top wild card. Padres are only one game ahead of the Phillies. So, again, we could still see some shifting around here. So that first round matchup could very well change by the time the wild card round rolls around on Friday. For right now, though, we are going to assume things are as they are. Um, as I mentioned earlier, or actually might have mentioned before we came on air, the Brewers are still mathematically in contention. However, the Phillies have a magic number of one. If they win or the Brewers lose, the Brewers are toast. And uh, good riddance. So, yeah, go just ahead. To give a, yeah, just to give a, a quick update on that scenario right now, uh, the Phillies are currently up one to nothing heading to the fourth inning, while the uh, Diamondbacks and Brewers are currently tied at one. I believe that was in – it's either in the top of the third or top of the fourth. Okay. With the Diamondbacks threatening with a runner on third and nobody out, Ooh. Um, so that's all I'm gonna say. I'm not yeah. gonna try. I I can't. Don't say anything else. Just report it as it is and move on. Smart man. All right. So let's take let's take some predictions. We won't worry about the uh, NLDS predictions. We can kind of look at that a little bit next week when we uh, do our season wrap. Um, but. Let's look at the AL first. So um, you've got Mariners, Blue Jays, Rays, and Guardians. Um, Joe, let's look at Mariners, Blue Jays. Who do you think is going to take that series? Uh, it's hard to say. I mean, the Blue Jays have been playing pretty well here toward the end, um, but so have the Mariners. So uh, you know what? A curse has been broken for them. They're in the playoffs. I'm I'm going with the Mariners on this one. And that was the longest playoff drought in baseball. And that was a very, very, very long drought. I'm sure uh, Dave was overjoyed to see that drought finally be broken. 
Um, I wish he could have been on tonight or next week, but I know he's not available. So, Dave, uh, whenever you get a chance, we'd love to have you back on, bud, because uh, I know you have to be ecstatic with how this season went and turned out. Not, not you should have seen I- the text messages that I was getting from him, um, especially since the Mariners uh, getting into playoffs means that currently the Phillies – now have the longest playoff drought in in Major League Baseball. The Mariners was across all of professional sports. Um, That's right. I forgot about that. But but now it's the Phillies in in baseball, which hopefully that ends soon. Um, you know, within the next couple hours. And um, the the thing for the Mariners is, and this is my thought with the Phillies as well, is the expectation is mainly just to get into the playoffs. So knowing that that has been accomplished, that team, uh, like the Mariners, they have solid pitching. They have great hitting. uh, They have great young guys who haven't experienced this before. They're just going to have fun and enjoy it, which can propel them to a victory. So they're playing with house money. If you're playing with house money, what do you have to lose? Just, Go all out, have a ton of fun, and enjoy the ride. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do we know is uh, J Rod going to be back for the wild card round, or is he out of it? That I'm not entirely sure. Honestly, I hadn't been paying enough attention to realize that he was hurt. Well, he's on my fantasy baseball team, which, by the way, uh, family fantasy baseball champion two years in a row. Thank you very much, uh, Dad. Nice try. Not this year. Um, yeah, I yeah I had to pick up uh, the guy from the Nationals. Uh, what's his name? Manassas or whatever to uh, cover that hole in the outfield because of a late season injury. So I'm guessing he may not be around for the wild card round. So um, I'm going to pick the Blue Jays over the Mariners for that. Um, Jason, what's your pick for that series? Uh, I believe. Oh well, here you go. This will probably change your um, your thought, Andrew. Uh, J Rod was actually activated today. Never mind. Mariners and Blue Jays. We're gonna roll. We're gonna ride it. We're gonna roll with it. Yeah. So I'm also taking the Mariners. Um, I think overall they are a better team. Uh, They, the Blue Jays have a tough division, but the Mariners also had an incredibly tough division. So I'm I'm gonna take them just because they had to go against the Astros all year. Um, So. Yeah, I'll, I'll take Mariners in five. Mariners, it can't be in five. It's three game, dude. Three, my bad. <laughs> I'm thinking the short series are five. No, Mariners in three. No, I know it's it, traditionally that's what it was. Let's remember. Um, yeah, they went seven and twelve against Houston this year. Which, considering how well Houston played this year, that's not bad, honestly. So. All right, our other series uh, in the American League wildcard round, we have Rays at Guardians. So this is always a weird one to predict because are the Rays going to turn back into that weird playoff pitching juggernaut that they usually turn into or not? This is a team that has been wrecked with injuries this year. I mean, we've had a lot of – there have been a lot of teams with injury problems this year, a lot of it caused by the shortened spring training. Um, due to the lockout, but the Rays have lost more games due to injury than any other team in baseball this year. 
So will they be able to cobble it together and get past what was a surprising Cleveland Guardians team that basically said, all right, if nobody else wants this crappy-ass division, we're going to take it. And they got hot and beat down the White Sox, beat down the Twins, and said, no, this is ours. Go away. We'll see you next year. Um, Jason, what do you think? Do you think the Guardians are going to be able to hold the Rays off, or do you think the Rays are going to find some of that postseason magic before getting knocked out in the division round like they typically do? I was looking at this and looking at the matchups. I think I'm going with the road team again in this, and I'm going to take the Rays. And I think the reason for that is I'm thinking back to our thoughts last year, you know, when we were looking at the White Sox, you know, they they won a bad division, then had to play these really good teams, and they couldn't match up. Like they 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 peaked too early. The Guardians are hot at the right time, but I think playing in the division they are in is going to hurt them in this series. So I, I I'm gonna I'll say raisin two. Ooh, going sweep. Okay. All right, Joe. <laughs> uh, this is this this is the tough one. Like you said, Jason, the the Guardians have been hot and are hot at the right time. Um the way that Tyler Glass now is pitching, <laughs> that always gives them a shot. I mean, holy cow. <laughs> um it, it's gonna go three. In my mind, um, I'm going to go Guardians on this one. I, I I feel like last year the White Sox peaked too early and they ran away with the division. Yeah, they peaked in August. The Guardians the Guardians had to to play through September to take the division. So I think I think the the fact that it was competitive for longer helps them. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to read – this is the series that the Guardians have played in September. I'm not going to look at the trailing finishing Orioles series. They got swept by the Mariners. They took two out of three at the Royals, swept the Twins, swept the Angels, uh, lost one game uh, – that must have been a makeup game with the White Sox. Took uh, four out of five from the Twins at home. Swept the White Sox, swept the Rangers. Both of those were on the road. Took two out of three from the Rays at home, and now they're in the midst of six straight games at home against the Royals because I really that's so you're going to make the Phillies, the Mets, the Braves bounce the hell around, and the Guardians end with six at home with the Roy. I hate whoever made the schedule. This is just bullshit. Anyway, so they really haven't been tested much against good teams um, this September. That's true, but they also have. Needed to win the games they needed to win, and they did that. So, that being said, you're only going to see Glass now once. It's a three-game series. There's no days. There's no travel days because they're staying in one stadium. So, they're not going to be able to run him out on two days rest for game three. Well, I, I guess they could, but I don't think they will. So, I'm going to say Guardians, but I think it's going to be all three games. Um, one thing about the schedule um, I believe that the the reason why it's six at home is, uh, if you remember, because of that stupid lockout early on, uh, the first series got kind of moved around to the end of the season. 
So most likely, if we check the schedule, they were probably supposed to start with the Royals and end with the Royals. Um, because that's that's why the Phils are in Houston uh, to end. Yeah, that makes sense. I didn't really think about that. Um, yeah, you're probably right about that. But still, that's so dumb. Yeah. Um, and, so, and the thing with the, with the Guardians is they, they absolutely did what they needed to do. Um, and the fact that they beat the Rays in a three-game series already, excuse me, uh, does look good for them. I think it's just going to depend on what the matchups will be this time around. Um, so, cause I think that also may have been the, the, the Rays had a couple stretches this year of just not good baseball. So have to see if they turn it on for the playoffs. Yeah, it, it's definitely, I think that's probably going to be one of the hardest series to predict period. No questions about it. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm going to stick with uh, Guardians in three. And I did check the wild card round is Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So when we are on the air next week, um, the wild card round will be done and we will be uh, getting ready to make accurate predictions with the teams that we know will be playing in the ALDS and LDS as the those series will start next Tuesday, October 11th. All right, so let's move on to the National League wildcard round. So as the matchups are right now, the first series is Padres at Mets. This is an interesting one because the Mets right now, uh, their psyche is definitely a little bit demoralized. They they went to Atlanta, they brought their best three pitchers, and they got smacked around. So um, the Padres, you know, it's... This is a team that hasn't been playing well over the last week. They're four and six in their last 10. So what, you know, they're not lighting the world on fire right now. Um, Jason, what are you thinking in this series? Cause I, th- I think this is actually, I, I think this is another one of those series that could go, I could see it going either way and I could see it either being a sweep. I could see it going three. What are your thoughts here? So the, the thing for the Mets this past weekend, I think you see a different result if they're at home against the Braves. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that that the Braves don't win the series, but I think the Mets probably take at least one. So the fact that the Mets get to be home, I think gives them a big edge over the Padres because we also have, um, now there will be a couple days that they can travel, but the Padres are going to have to travel from West Coast to East Coast. So I, I'm going to give the edge to the Mets in, in this first round. Um, I can see the Padres maybe taking one. Um, so I'll, I'll go with Mets in three. Okay. Joe, what are you thinking for Mets Padres? Um, yeah. Yeah. I think, I, I think the Mets get right here this week um, one way or another. Um, I think that they probably win this in three, like Jason thinks. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't see – I mean, this weekend was a wake-up call. They've got to swing the damn bat and hit the ball. <laughs> it, it, it was – I mean, that's just demoralizing, like you said. It's it's terrible that they had such a bad weekend um, offensively. I mean, not terrible for you, but terrible for team morale that they had such a bad weekend. Uh, it's pretty terrible for the morale of Mets Twitter and uh, the Mets fandom on the internet. I, I got to say, I and I'll get into this a little more later too. Man, it's been fun watching the meltdown. It has been so much fun to watch. 
And I, you know, you guys could attest, you guys see my Twitter. I stayed silent all weekend because I just wanted to sit back and watch night because I knew if I started shooting my mouth off, you know, as Jason knows, sometimes you just let things be and sit back and laugh. And that's exactly what I did. Yeah. Also, and, and I, I, I mean, the, the thing with that is the Mets just haven't closed it out like for the, the, the last two years, like in the, over the course of their history, these last, you know, like 10 plus seasons, they have trouble closing out the division and it it's crazy. Like I, I could not really enjoy the Mets meltdown because I was in the middle of watching the Phillies meltdown at the same time. So, and I'm, I still feel like I'm in the middle of that because I, I don't know what's going to happen here because it would be a Philadelphia thing to do, not just Phillies, but Philadelphia sports. It would be a Philadelphia sports thing to do, which would be to get swept while the Brewers sweep. So, um, I don't want that to manifest, so I'm not going to take enjoyment in the Mets meltdown until my team is in it. Yeah, I, I get that. Uh, Ronnie, yeah, I, I I don't like the Mets either, man. <laughs> Joe, what's, what's your prediction for uh, Padres-Mets? Yeah, I, I think the Mets take it in three. I, I'm with Jason on this one. I think the Padres get one. But I don't think they win this one. See, and here's the thing too: the Mets, unless unless there's a chance for them to take the division, they're not running shirts or they're not running Degrom in this series. They're going to have them well rested and ready for that wild card round. Um, the Padres might get lucky with one of them. They're not going to get lucky with both of them. I'm going to say uh, Mets in three as well. Although, I, truthfully, a sweep wouldn't surprise me completely either. But I, I just, yeah, I'm not seeing, uh, I'm not seeing the Mets run into significant problems at this point. Now, the way things are, let's remember that the Mets would uh, have to go on and face the Dodgers, and that would be a significant other problem for them. Although, I one thing I'm going to bring up now, um, the Mets are two and four against the Padres this year. The Mets don't have a losing record against very many teams. Uh, Atlanta, actually, well, actually the Cubs. Wow. Um, Atlanta, the Cubs, the Padres. Those are the only three teams the Mets have a losing record against this season. How, how the hell do you guys have a winning record against the Mets? That makes no damn sense. Congratulations, but that makes no damn sense at all. Just because I'm curious, do we know how they did against the rest of the NLEs? I mean, we don't need to go into the Phillies because we know what happened against the Phillies. Yes, uh, um, nine and ten against Atlanta, against Miami they were thirteen and six, against the Nationals they were eleven and five. I'm sorry, I meant the Cubs against oh, the, the Cubs. Yeah, yeah, I could t- I could tell you that too. Uh, the Cubbies, uh, three and three versus Atlanta. Four and two versus the Marlins. Four and three versus the Mets. Six and zero versus the Phillies. So I mean, they kind of own the NL East division. Yeah, Cubs played the NL East really well. Yeah, um, the fact that the best team against the Cubs only went five hundred's nuts. <laughs> it's and you know the crazy stat there, Joe, is I 
the the Cubs usually do well against the Braves, but they have trouble taking the season series. I think it's been since like 2014 or 15 since the Cubs have taken the season series against Atlanta. So somehow we're at least able to scrape a tie out of it. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I know that this is the first time in a very long time that they did what they did against the Phillies. The Phillies have had their number for the last few seasons, yeah, um, including um, a really big come from behind to to sweep the Cubs a couple twenty uh, twenty yeah it was twenty twenty or twenty twenty one. So yeah, that was absolutely insane. Um, I I was I was not expecting the sweep of the Phillies this year. That was that was nuts. Honestly. And that's the thing that that's that is the series that is really bothering me right now, because going one and two this week and it's over already. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that's yeah, that's very true. That's baseball. Yeah, it certainly is. All right. So the other wild card round is uh, Phillies at Cardinals. And uh, Jason, I'll let you take off with this first. You know, I, like I said, I really, I do because I'm not a Phillies fan. I am not, you know, I'm not worried about the curse of what typically happens to Philadelphia fans in the playoffs across all of their sports teams. Trust the process. Um, but I, I really do think the Phillies are going to be in. So what are you thinking, man? Because the Cardinals... You're going to be dealing with an electric Cardinals environment. You're going to be dealing with Yadier, Wainwright, and Pujols going out on their last playoff run. Pujols came back because he thought the Cardinals have a chance to win one more World Series crown, or he would have retired. Um, what What are you thinking with this one, man? I am so torn um, for multiple reasons. One, uh, Ronnie uh, actually commented this just now, and it's something that I was thinking um, the Phillies beat the Cardinals this season in, in the season series. Actually, yeah. I believe they won both on the road and at home. Four and three on the season. Yep. They did yeah. take that series. So so that's, that gives me hope. Um, but I'm also thinking realistically, I'm not expecting them to win that series. I'm not expecting them to win the series if they play the Mets or the Braves because my expectation for them this season – was to get to the playoffs, get some experience with the younger core, and and then you can make deeper runs over the next few years. While the because right now is that we're at that point where the window is starting to open. So I want to say the Phils win, um, but they tend to do well when I doubt them. So I'm just going to say that they'll lose the series. Um, at the, the thing that they have going for them, again, similar to the Mariners, they get in, they're playing with house money. They're just going to enjoy the ride. And uh, I would be very excited to see what I hope is playoff Schwarber. Because when that guy gets into the playoffs, he tends to go off. Yeah. Um, so I, I will just enjoy the ride. They might get swept or losing three. I would love them to win at least one. Um, if they get swept, it's fine because they, they made it, they ended their drought, um, set a foundation for next year. So I'll say they might, get, they may get one, especially with Zach Wheeler pitching um, in game one. So I'll, I'll take Cardinals in three as, as much as it hurts. Um, 
as much as I want to be optimistic, I'm also more of a realist and know that after all these, all these years, like the offense hasn't given their starting pitchers run support. So I'll take Cardinals in three, sadly. Yeah, let's remember top three for the Phillies, Wheeler, Nola, Suarez, top three for the Cardinals, Flaherty, Montgomery, Wainwright. So, I I mean, that's what the depth chart says. You know, who knows what the managers are actually going to do. Plus, there's a quick hook in the playoffs. Um, Joe, what are you thinking? Um, My gut says, I mean, not only are the Cardinals the Cardinals, but Bush Stadium in the playoffs is insane. So the season series to me doesn't mean much um, at this time of year, particularly there. Um, There's, there's playoff magic in St. Louis in one way or another. So uh, they're, they're either going to sweep or, or in three. I don't really know which one. (laughs) Give me one, Joe, take them in three. (laughs) Cause Andrew's going to take a sweep. I already know that. No, I, negative. Um, yeah, I, I'll say the Phillies probably get one. I, don't I think one. if they win one, it will, it will be the Wheeler game. See, that's my thought, too. I don't – here's the problem. I think the Phillies have better starters in this series than the Cardinals do. I like the, I, I like the top three for the Phillies much better than I like the top three for the Cardinals. The problem is that bullpen. The Cardinals have a significantly better bullpen. And in the playoffs, the bullpen matters more than the starters, unless the starters can go deep, which Wheeler and Nola, absolutely. I I do not doubt either of them to have the ability to go seven plus if necessary in a playoff game. Um, Also look at the defenses. Um, as, As improved as the Phillies bullpen and as improved as the Phillies defense have been this year. They've been better this year overall. Better this year. They've been better overall this year. And Alec Bohm, while he still has his troubles, has gotten better as the season went on. Um, but he the fact get worse than he was that, no, that early was no. But but the but the fact of the matter here is the Cardinals bullpen is better and the Cardinals defense is better. Yeah. So the Cardinals have one of the best defenses in baseball period. I mean, yeah. they may very well sweep a lot of the Golden Gloves just like they did last year. Yeah. So Yeah. So, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, it, you know, I I don't think it's going to be a sweep. I I do think you get either the Nola game or the Wheeler game. I the Suarez game, you're you're up shit's creek. I, I don't think you're going to take that one. Uh, I, I just, I, I don't trust what I've seen from Ranger Suarez this year. It depends uh, on which Ranger shows up. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I just, because you're right, his good Ranger is still very good. There's so much more tape on him this year as a starter than there was last year. He can't surprise hitters as well as he did last year. Yeah. So I, I think it's going to be the Cardinals, but I think it's going to take all three games. I do not think it's going to be a sweep. Um, I would be shocked if it's a sweep, actually. Um, uh, Ronnie, hey, staying with the homer, man. Phillies in three. Hey, it could happen. Remember what we said last year? It's not a homer pick if they win. Exactly. And to be honest, I wouldn't – to be honest, of the two series in the NL, if there is an upset, I would be less surprised if it's Phillies upsetting the Cardinals than I would be if it's Padres upsetting the Mets. Honestly, yeah. Um, the Phillies still have a deep offense. 
That is a deep lineup to get through. I don't think the Padres lineup is as deep, even with the additions of Juan Soto and Josh Bell. I just don't think it's as deep. Uh, plus, let's face it, here's a disadvantage for the Padres. The Mets know how to pitch around Juan Soto and Josh Bell. So, you know, great pickups. Unfortunately, this is not the team to go against. And even if it was Atlanta in that spot, Atlanta knows how to pitch around Juan Soto and Josh Bell. I, you know, it's just what happens when you deal with your old interdivision nemeses. So, yeah, I, I guys, I'm excited for the playoff round to start this weekend. Um, I do like that the wild card is now compressed and staying in one stadium, getting rid of that travel day. Um, it's, you know, it, and the nice thing is it doesn't devalue winning the division. Like it, you know, like it has happened before and just to speed up the wild card round is not a bad thing. So um, it's guys, this is going to be great baseball. This is going to be absolutely great baseball to watch coming up. Um, so yeah, Jason, hey, good luck, man. Um, I really do think the Phillies are going to make it. Um, I, man, that's a tough series of the Cardinals. I, though. Yeah, I, as much as I want them to to get just to get in, like until the, until they are clinched, I am yeah. I am definitely still worried. <laughs> no, understandable. Complete. <laughs> I, I I'm dude. I've watched I, I have watched you deal with Phillies meltdowns for so many years. I completely understand. I, I really do. Um, you, you know, honestly, Jason, the Phillies remind me of like the eighteen nineteen Braves that were just starting to emerge and start to slip into the playoffs. That's where you guys are right now. And getting this playoff experience will be huge for next year and the year after that because somebody pointed out, and I don't remember where I heard it, the biggest advantage the Yankees of the late 90s had was that they had been there and they knew that they knew how to win big games. You know, they may not have always had the most talented roster, although the 98, 99 Yankees might beg to differ, and rightfully so. But those teams, they had been there. They knew that, hey, this is an advantage we have. We know how to go into these games and we know how to win them. We're not worried about these, like some of these other teams that are just starting out their path into the playoffs. We know we've got this. So that's, you know, this experience, even if you get knocked out or swept out, this is valuable experience for such a young team. I'm, I'm really glad you've got Stott up and, you know, some of your younger guys. So it's going to be, a, you know, it's going to be a great ride for you guys. I, I really do believe that. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at this similar to I looked at 2007. Um, Phil's got in uh, winning the division over a, Met, a Mets meltdown, and they were one of the hottest teams in baseball. They went up against the the hottest team in baseball, the Colorado Rockies, and got swept out of the playoffs. But it was valuable experience for them. They came back next year and ended up winning the whole thing. So not that I'm saying that if the Phillies get in, they're going to lose and then win the World Series next year, but – Playoff experience is very valuable. Yeah. I mean, Atlanta got knocked out horribly out of the DS. They make it to the NLCS, get knocked out by the Dodgers. They beat the Dodgers and then take the World Series the next year in the NLCS. You know, that's you need that experience. It is so rare that you see like a an expansion wild card Marlins team get hot and run the whole way through. That is so hard to do. You need to get that playoff, those playoff at bats, that playoff experience, because it's so different. 
you know, and managers have to learn to treat the game differently. I mean, that's something I've noticed with Snicker. He manages playoff games so much better now than he did back in 2019. He doesn't worry about, you know, if his starter's starting to get shelled and he knows he has a deep bullpen, he quick hooks him and brings that strong bullpen in and says, all right, let's see what you got. You know, and that's what it's it's for the manager almost as much as the players, because managing a playoff game is so different, although it's significantly easier now with the DH and not having to worry about double switching and things like that. Um, so, yeah, you know, like like I said, enjoy the ride. It's going to be fun. You know, maybe you get maybe you get lucky. It's definitely not outside of the realm of possibility. But uh, I, I, I'm sorry, man. Pujols and Yachty in their last year in St. Louis. I have a really hard time picking the Phillies in that one. All right. So let's. Uh, all right. So let's let, let's move it on, guys. Um, uh, Joe, uh, one of your favorite managers to bash, Tony La Russa. Why don't you fill us in on this one, bud? Yeah, um, as you guys know, he was down for a while um, away from the team for health reasons. He had a pacemaker put in, I believe, um, was what happened there. Um, um, I can clarify. He had a pacemaker put in earlier this year. It malfunctioned, and he okay. had to have either the whole thing replaced or part of the pacemaker replaced. Right. So, I mean, that that happened, and, and he was down from the team for a while. Uh, traveled but didn't manage for the one game in Oakland um, and today officially stepped down uh, c- citing health reasons um, for that obviously along with probably the um, the health of White Sox Nation because they were getting pretty pretty well tired of this this year um, you saw a lot of, of shirts when I saw them in Baltimore a few months back you saw a lot of fire Tony t-shirts um, you even had had fans at one point saying to sell the team. So clearly, fans were were disappointed, and that's a that's a a town a section of Chicago that loves baseball and loves winning baseball. So I mean, they're a team that's hungry for a winning team, just like Baltimore is is hungry for a winning team. Um, you know, so credit to Larusa for what he's done in baseball, but the last couple of years just wasn't what it was supposed to be or what they expected it to be. Um, you know, you, you were, you were loaded last year and this year potentially and couldn't get it done. So, um, you know, the numbers speak for themselves. The writing was on the wall. This was something that was bound to happen. And, and I mean, it, when you start talking about telling players not to run out a ground wall, when you start telling, you know, when you start, you know, making some questionable decisions. When you lose the fan base, you you're, you're done. Um, so uh, this wasn't unexpected, but it's kind of sort of a formality. I don't know who the next voice for that dugout is. Um, I don't think Miguel Cairo is the answer either. I think it's somebody outside the organization currently. Um, but, um, you know, Beltran was being floated at some point today in one of the articles I read as a potential. Girardi. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. I hope not. For the sake of White Sox fans, I hope not. Um, I I haven't heard. I haven't watched enough Cubs games the last few weeks. 
so I haven't had to suffer through listening to Girardi on marquee. But um, good lord, sorry, I'm just allergic to to old trash. <laughs> well, I mean, you do live in Africa, so it's understandable. Sorry, I couldn't help myself. That was yeah. a cheap shot. But I used to live in Ephrata, so I feel like it's a cheap shot I'm allowed to take. <laughs> so, guys, with the White Sox, I mean, do you, do you think, you know, they go, you know, outside the box with this next selection for manager? Do they? <laughs> um, they have to. I mean, any thoughts on who that might be? I, I don't is- see how they don't give just some young new manager a shot. They need to go completely out of the organization. They need to bring in a completely new culture. This is this is not – Cairo did fine to start with, but then the same problems kept creeping up. And clearly, like, they need to – I don't like tearing a coaching staff completely apart. Even when you need to bring in a new manager, I like keeping maybe one guy on just to help with continuity. But in this case – rip the whole damn coaching staff down, bring in a new manager and let him bring in his own staff because this is, this is bad. The White Sox are too talented to end this division in third place or they, I'm sorry, second place. Although I guess the twins could actually catch them. That's, that's really sad. Um, This team is too talented to be as bad as they are. They should not be a 497 winning team right now. They should have had this division locked up just on talent of their team alone. Um, This, and we're going to get into this next week when we do our regular season wrap and our division series previews. But this team is I think the biggest disappointment of every team in baseball. And I don't think it's even going to be close to argue any other team this year. I'm pretty sure all three of us had the White Sox running away with the division again. Yeah. I I would have to pull up the notepad, but I'm 99% sure you're right about that. It just, this is so bad. I mean, and we saw the writing on the wall last year, you know, with the Mercado situation with, you know, hitting the home run on a 3-0 pitch and ripping your player apart and then not defending him when the when the opposing team throws at him. Like, okay, so you were pissed that he did that. You handle it behind closed doors. You don't handle it in front of the press like that. The letting players dog it out to first and then trying to explain it away as the trainers told them not to run it out. I, Tony... I can respect what you did before because you were a a damn good manager. Number two, all time in wins. There is no doubt about it. You know, back in his era, he was a great manager. He was the right manager for those kind of teams. He is so far out of his league. Now it is not even funny. And honestly, I think the White Sox winning so many games as they did last year, that was because of the talent of that team. That was not because of Tony LaRusso's managing, not even a little bit. Talent of the team and lack of talent in the division. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah. He said, I was hired to provide positive difference-making leadership and support. Our record is proof I did not do my job. No shit, Sherlock. Honest to God. I, really? I, I Yeah. I got Really? I, I didn't do my job. You, you don't say... You don't say, buddy. I just, I, I can't stand the guy. I, I just, I can't. 
All right, guys, anything else for this, uh, for the floating dumpster fire that's just uh, heading down the devastation that is currently the state of Florida while it rolls out to sea? Too soon? Okay, too soon. All right, let's move on. So it was uh, one hell of a week last week for my Atlanta Braves. They took two out of three from the Nationals. Uh, game one was an 8 nothing victory. Game two was 8-2 victory. They lost game three, 3-2 three in 10 innings. And then they swept the friggin' Mets, man. 5-2, 4-2, 5-3. be Swanson, he didn't, he didn't have a great average last week, but he homered against all three Mets starters. Um, guys, there's only four players all year who have homered off of DeGrom and Scherzer. Three of those players are Atlanta Braves. I don't know who the fourth player is. I didn't bother to look far enough. Um, those three players are Dansby Swanson, Austin Riley, and Matt Olson. The power output the Braves had during this series is absolutely incredible. Um, Olson homered in all three games. Dansby homered in all three games. Um, DeGrom and Scherzer, they, you know, they tried. Um, DeGrom, he really didn't pitch that badly, but once again, the Mets offense, as they have so many times for Jacob DeGrom left him to dry. They left him hanging and dry and nothing they could do about it. And here's the thing, Max Freed versus Jacob DeGrom in game one, Freed did not go deep in that game. Freed had to leave after five innings. He had a stomach bug and was uh, puking before the game and could not go beyond five innings because of how sick he was. And the fact that he was able to gut five innings out, keep the Braves in the game, and let the solo home runs just get plinked off of DeGrom for the Braves to pick up, I mean, that was huge. Absolutely huge. Uh, one of the gutsiest performances I've ever seen. Ooh, hey, Ronnie, Jason, good news. D-backs up 4-1 in the 7. Uh, it might be a good night for Philadelphia fans to start celebrating. Congrat! I hope seriously, Jason. I'm not trying to jinx anything. I do promise you that. Um, but yeah, I'll shut up now. Um, but anyway, yeah, like Max Freed, absolutely, uh, just one of the gutsiest performances. And we have seen so many gutsy performances out of this guy in the last couple of years. I love Freed. Um, definitely the ace of the staff, no questions asked. Um, in game two, Kyle Wright picks up his 21st win of the season. He has now clinched the fact that he will be the MLB leader in wins. As I mentioned last week, he is the first Braves pitcher to lead MLB in wins since Tom Glavin in 2000. That's a very, 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 very long freaking time. So I'm very happy to see that. And considering Kyle Wright came into this, came in with a major league record of something like two and four, just absolutely horrible and to see him turn it around like this absolutely phenomenal i mean he spent most of last year triple a they brought him up in the playoffs and he made a surprisingly well for me at the time surprisingly strong start and it was just a sign of things to come so it's really good to see kyle wright turn it around and um, i can't wait to see what this kid's got in the future um, Atlanta's pitching staff looks like it's going to be very well set. Um, Charlie Morton, he did not pick up the win in game three. He and Bassett both got knocked around by their respective offenses. Um, Mort, guys, honestly, see, this is where Spencer Strider's injury really came back to bite Atlanta because if Strider hadn't pulled his oblique, he would have been starting game three and not Charlie Morton. Um, Charlie Mort, I love the guy. I, I so appreciate what he did last year because he absolutely helped drive the Braves into that World Series before he had his ankle shattered, his uh, shin shattered on that comebacker. Um, but Charlie Morton, uh, 
I, I don't want to see him anywhere but the bullpen in the playoffs right now. I do not want to see him start. I really hope Strider is able to get back in the division series so he can just be a bullpen piece. Um, so, yeah, I guys, I'm on freaking cloud nine. I am watching the Mets internet meltdown, and it is just beautiful. I saw what I shared this in the group chat earlier today. The one guy that was like the Braves victory of the division should have an asterisk. They cheated like the Giants because the Mets led it for all this year and they only took it with the lat. Dude, that's not how baseball works or any other freaking sport. You can lead the division all year, all you want. If you blow it at the end, you blow it at the end. That's just how it works. Like, talk about the biggest sour grapes in the world. I, I understand he's pissed it's happened two years in a row because the Mets are going to met. But my God, I, was, I saw that and I was like, are you freaking kidding me right now? Where, where's the evidence that the Braves were cheating? You just got your asses straight up beat down. I mean, that's that's all there is to it. Yeah, I, I don't think he's. I don't think that that person said that they cheated. It was that because the Mets led for the whole season, except for like a a couple ties, like a few weeks ago or a month or two ago, and now the Mets were leading the division, so they should be the champs because they led it the longest. Like that's that's not how any of this works, Mets fans. Like. Do they think this is the Atlantic League where there's first half results and second half results? Because even if it's like that, the uh, freaking the uh, freaking Braves blew them out of the water in the second half. Uh, let's see from Victor Hernandez here. The Mets will get the revenge in the playoffs. Don't worry. You know, Victor, maybe they will. Maybe they will. I, I do think they'll get through the Padres, as we yeah. just mentioned. Um, especially if... For some reason, the Phils end up jumping the Padres. I fully expect the Mets to beat the Phils. I mean, they were 15-4 and four against them in the regular season. So, I mean, yeah. I, I completely agree with you, Victor, as, especially in that first round. But here's the thing. The Mets, no matter, no matter what, the Mets are going to have to deal with the Dodgers in round two. Well, the thing is right now, they need to make sure that – the Braves need to make sure they win the division because they uh, – I don't know if you saw, but – uh, Joe yeah, shared it in our private chat, but the Braves lost four nothing to the Marlins tonight. Yes, I did see that. Um, it was a Bryce Elder start, so I wouldn't be surprised to see Snicker run uh, Max Freed out either tomorrow or Wednesday if necessary. Um, I believe I think is the saw... magic number one for the division. Yes, yeah, okay. it's one. So, and the Mets got postponed because of weather tonight. So um, I'm assuming doubleheader tomorrow or doubleheader Wednesday will be on the docket for the Mets. So he might just watch that series and see what happens. If they lose one of those games, then don't worry about it. Um, but if they win, you know, if they sweep the doubleheader, then, you know, I'm sure Max Fried will be the guy that he calls upon to clinch the division. And honestly, as he just showed against the Mets, uh, yeah, in Freed we trust. And because the Braves, if they take the division, they've got that buy out of the wild card round. He'll get a full week's worth of rest and be ready to go for game one of the NLDS. So, you know, what's the problem there? Um, so, yeah, I, you know, Victor, hey, maybe it'll happen. Honestly, though, if the Mets have to face the Dodgers in the second round on the NLDS, um, I, I, I don't know about revenge, man. The Dodgers, I know the pitching isn't as deep as it is traditionally for their starters. They still have a very, very deep bullpen. They've got a very deep lineup, and they are extremely experienced for the playoffs and they'll have home field advantage. And considering it's going to be an East coast, West coast cross, 
you know, could they get revenge? Absolutely. Um, if it's Dodgers Mets, I'm taking the Dodgers, although I think it'll be a five game series. All right, guys. Uh, yeah. So, uh, rained out today, but okay. Doubleheader tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Oh. I'll be very surprised if they play tomorrow because basically New York is, it, it's Ian, uh, what the remnants of Ian are working their way up. Like it's what we've had these last couple of days. New York's going to get it for a couple of days before it gets pushed out to sea. So yeah. Uh, it might not be to Wednesday. Oh, uh, you know what? They might even have to, they, they may have to do doubleheader Wednesday and then, you know, I wonder if they'll do what they did with the Braves Rockies last year. If the game doesn't matter, they'll just cancel the last game. But if it matters, they'll make them play on Thursday. I, I can see that happening. I, I think um, see what happens tomorrow. Um, try for a doubleheader tomorrow. Try to at least get a game in tomorrow. Yeah. And then if, if the division's wrapped up, see if you need the last game or two because it's not going to matter as far as – if it doesn't matter as far as the division goes, then it doesn't matter as far as the wild card goes. So – yeah, yeah. The wild I, I can I can, I can see them dropping the last game or two if it's not ne- not necessary. Yeah, absolutely. All Atlanta has to do is win one game, and it's not going to matter. Yeah, you know, and and that's sorry, that's absolutely the point, Victor. I, honestly, yeah. I hope the Braves just take it tomorrow, so the Braves and the Mets can just get everybody rested and get everybody ready for the playoffs. Yeah. Um, Although I don't think Sn- – I, I think if the Braves win tomorrow, I think Snicker's going to do, like I said, something kind of like what he did last year, just rest half the team. You know, the guys that have played – Riley and Swanson in partic- and Olsen in particular have played more innings than any other infielders in baseball this year. So if nothing else, I think those three guys will be uh, among the first three that will either not play at all or play very limited innings if the Braves are able to win tomorrow. All right, Joe, how about the Cubbies who have been insanely hot? Like this yeah, is after this weekend. After this weekend, this is my cue to step away. <laughs> uh, I'm going to start with the back half of the week uh, here. Uh, Cubs win the, the sweep the series with the Reds 6 1, 2 1, and 8 1. Um, takeaways from this series. Uh, 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 congratulations to Seiya Suzuki and his wife um, for uh, the birth of their first child. He came back on Friday to play finally uh, after some time away in Japan. Uh, so congratulations to him and his family. Um, Hayward tribute on Saturday. Uh, they did a video tribute um, and gave him his, uh, you know, his his moment in, in the sun there on Saturday. Um, his comments were, what a ride. It was nice to be able to, uh, you know, do that for the city, uh, you know, get them through the World Series and have them win that the series there. Um, and then Wentz on, on Sunday, um, Nico, Nico and Velazquez. Velazquez went two for three um, with a two RBI double and a two RBI triple. And Nico, one for four, two runs, two RBIs. Nico is hitting 282 going into the last couple of games here. So a really solid turnaround season from him um, and, and really solidifying himself as the, as the shortstop there in, in Chicago. Um, Samson can p- continued to pitch well. Uh, Stroman and Smiley pitched well in, in the weekend series. Um, back to the beginning of the week with the Phils. Uh, 
Cubs sweep the Phils this week, 2-1, 4-2, and 2-0. Um, game one was a pitcher's duel. Stroh and Wheeler really pitched well. That was fun to watch uh, until they brought Connor Brogdon in, which sank that one, which is absolutely stupid um, to do that. Um, the highlight of this game, though, is before the game, Sister Jean comes out and throws the first pitch uh, to, to cap off this game, has her custom custom 103 jersey, number 103 jersey on to do that. And then Pitching Ninja went nuts with this and did a, a, a gif of Sister Jean striking out Javi Baez, which I could see happening. So, uh, Rob Friedman at Pitching Ninja, <laughs> you are awesome. That was absolutely He's completely right too. Javi would totally whiff on that. <laughs> and and Joe, the moment you you sent me the message or sent us a message that Sister Jean threw out the first pitch, that was the moment that I knew that the Cubs were going to win that game. Oh yeah! Oh my god! Because yeah. I was like, the, the Cubs aren't going to lose the game that Sister Jean throws out the first pitch. Come on! Right? It's impossible. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, so that was really fun. The, the the again, her striking out Javi, pitching ninja, top notch, man. Well done. Um, game two, um, Nola pitched well until the fifth inning, and things just kind of fell apart there. A couple of errors, I think, one on Bohm, and it was just yeah, not very good. Uh, Belletti had a clean inning. Congratulations to him. There's a reliever of the week. No, not a chance. Um, all of the Cubs runs in this one came in that fifth inning. Morell had a three-run homer. Um, Wesneski got the win, but as you and I talked about, Jason, he really left a lot out there. Yeah, that 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 wasn't so much the the Cubs winning that one and the and the pitching getting the win for the Cubs. It was really telling that the Phillies office just wasn't hitting the ball. Yeah. Yeah. A lot to be desired there. Um, and then in uh, the game three, um, the scoring was a, a wisdom RBI double and a half RBI single. Um, Assad gets the win. Keegan Thompson gets the save three innings, one hit, two walks, three strikeouts, three inning saves. I haven't seen that before. No, it, so. it it happens, but it's not often. Although, you, you know, those three inning saves—that's where you see like a team win like fourteen to eight, and somebody picks up a save because he was just in, and it was still yeah. close, and then the offense blows up. I I actually kind of like seeing that because it's like, why is there a save here? There should not be a save here, but there's a save here. It's pretty amusing. So that's definitely a. <laughs> Something kind of crazy to see when it happens. Oh man, that would dude, that was a great freaking week for the Cubs. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, um, not, I, not only not only did they avoid a hundred losses, but they're gonna avoid ninety-two. Which uh, I, yeah, uh, two two three weeks ago, I, I did not expect that to happen. My, I texted Alex um, last week, my little brother, who is, as you know, a huge Cubs fan, and he said, we have been a surprisingly strong team in the second half. I don't know where the hell this came from, but great. <laughs> and um, 
Jason, uh, not to rub salt in the wounds, but when I told no, Benji no. that when I told my my youngest son Benji that the uh, Cubs swept the Phillies, he went yeah and started running around the house, and it was freaking adorable. You know, you're lucky he's just a kid. Yeah, I know. He doesn't know any better. <laughs> you see, I, I, dude, I tried to make him a Braves fan like Jason, but no, my freaking younger brother had to just steal influence away, and you know, at least one of you has taste. Well, exactly. you know, you work with him, so you can give him crap for it. I can't give him crap for shit right now with how the Cubs played against the Phils. 0-6, baby. 0-6. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the, the Cubbies, if the Cubs played the sec the first half the way they played the second half, we're probably having a conversation about them fighting for a playoff spot. If not, they're in a playoff spot. Yeah. It's honestly the Cubs second half versus first half is just insane. I like I mentioned earlier, you know, Atlanta start Atlanta, they hit that rock bottom at the end of April and May and then just got so hot. The Cubs the second half of the, of the calendar turned around and said, "Oh wait, we know how to win." and got hot and won a lot. Um they were one of the hottest teams in the second half. It was insane. And honestly, Joe, I said it last year after the trade deadline that I did not think the Cubs would be down for very long and I think the second half of this year prove that that the Cubs should not be down for very long I you know will they be able to fight for playoff next year uh, certainly possible here's the thing you're still dealing with a very deep NL East next year it's still going to be Braves Mets Phillies next year um, all three in playoff contention but I could absolutely see the Cubs slipping in to a third wild card spot next year or you know if the Cardinals slip because we know the Brewers aren't going to go after offense. They were supposed to this offseason and didn't bother, and they're probably not going to bother, you know, this next offseason because they're the Brewers, and God forbid they spend money. Um, so I could absolutely see the Cubs slipping into a third playoff spot next year. Um, to be honest, as much star power as the Padres brought in at the deadline, is it going to be enough? I mean, this Cubs team, um, I honestly, man, I was very, very impressed. Uh, how did the Cubs do against? Okay. We won't talk about how the Cubs do against the Padres this year, but, um, honestly, I, I could see them slip into the third playoff spot. No question next year. What do you think? I mean, it's, it, it's possible. They have to, um, you know, figure out where they're going direction wise with, um, Wilson, who got a nice ovation on Sunday. Um, you know, going off the field for the last time. I think they pulled him in the eighth um, so he could have that moment. So we'll see, um, you know, what they do with some decisions. I'd, I'd like to see uh, – I, I talked about it before. I'd like to see them go after um, Xander, and I'd like to see him go get Carlos Rodon and get it done um, to really solidify that rotation. But Stroman, the second half of the year, holy cow. Absolutely. Yeah, he he really turned it on. It was absolutely awesome to see. I mean, that's that's what you guys paid for. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 really um, optimistic. Let's say uh, yeah. with what they've got pitching wise. Um, you know what? See what happens with a couple of those other younger arms that pitch this year. Some whether they get whether they come up here uh, at the beginning of the year, um, and you know what. So let's let's see what what happens, um, yeah. With with the rest of that, so 
Yeah, I, honestly, Joe, you should be excited for the future. I really do believe that um, it's going to be one hell of a ride for the Cubbies coming up. Um, yeah, I'm super excited to see it for you, man. All right, Jason, uh, how about the Phillies, man? We'll, yeah, so I was, I was fully prepared to come to this week, and I told you guys I was going to have a rant because last week to start, it was – Terrible, terrible start to the week. Um, ended up being good to the point that it's very hard for me to rant because they ended up doing what they needed to do. Um, so after the Cubs series, um, they did have four games against the Nationals, including a doubleheader. Um, game one was a five to one win. Uh, game two, which was game one of the doubleheader, excuse me, they lost thirteen to four. And then they bounced back and won game two, eight to two. And then Sunday, it was a wet game where you could tell that they just wanted to make sure the game became official because they were playing in puddles. It, it was terrible. And, and the Phils ended up winning eight to one in six innings. Uh, so they did play an extra inning there before going into almost say, an hour and a half, two hour rain delay again. Only this time they called it because they knew that the Phillies had to get on the road to get out to Houston for their series that started tonight. Um, so coupled with those, so Phil's win the series three games to one over the, over the nationals, exactly what they needed to do. Um, because um, after that loss, that 13 to four loss, um, the, the brewers that night ended up winning. Uh, so the, the Phil's, were tied, um, I believe at that point, um, or either both teams lost that night. Either way, at this point in the season, the Brewers and the Phillies were tied for the last wildcard spot. Um, with those last two games of the weekend, the Phillies won. The Marlins, man, I cheers to the Marlins. You, you They helped the Phillies out this week. They, they took three out of four from the Brewers including the last two uh, first game. There was a, a grand slam to give them the lead late. Um, Saturday was a four, three win. Um, I believe another, that was also a come from behind win. And then Sunday they tried to keep blowing it to the brewers. Brewers kept coming back and tying it in the ninth and the 10th. The Marlins eventually won this four, three in the 12th inning. Uh, so that took the Phillies magic number all the way down to one, meaning Phillies win tonight or any kind of Brewers loss, which at the moment, both of those are occurring. Um, and the Phillies win the final are, are in the playoffs and end their 11 year drought of making the postseason. And then I believe the longest active MLB drop goes to the angels. I'm not entirely sure, but um, so uh, thank you, Marlins. Uh, Phillies, they got the job done. Uh, bats came alive when they needed. Um, I, I'm not going just because. Again, I have that super. I'm that superstitious person, that sports superstition fan. Andrew, I will not read at that last stat that you provided about the Reds, and just because I don't want to bring that bad juju onto my team before they clinch. Do you mind if I uh, mention it? Yeah, you go ahead and give give that stat, and then I'll I'll wrap up with with one other stat. So rolling along with the idea that you can't trust the Brewers to ever do 
anything right as you know anybody who loves the cubs or any other nl central team that's not the brewers knows the brewers will always screw up when it matters the most the brewers over the last 10 games are one and uh, one and nine i'm sorry excuse me the reds are one and nine and that only win that they have in that 10 game span is against the brewers where a closer their closer who leads their team in saves is still in single digits in late September, early October. The Oof. Reds are a freaking dump. They are terrible. They suck. And the Brewers do not have enough offense to handle it. After they sent away most of their pitching talent at the trade deadline. Hello, Castillo. Yeah. I... Th- <laughs> This is why you can never trust the Brewers. And you know what? Honestly, I love to see it. I really do. (laughs) Um, And I think, like, as a fan of baseball, and, like, I know, like, we have, like, with our division, Andrew, the fact that we can have three teams in there is going to be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, So one one final stat here before we move on. Um, I have to give a shout-out to JT Real Muto. He's had a hell of a second half. Uh, to the point that actually this past weekend, he became just the second catcher in MLB history uh, to have 20 home runs and 20 stolen bases in a season. Uh, the first, Pud Rodriguez. Um, and actually, he's one of only a, a handful of people to not have a single caught stealing while having 20 and 20. Uh, he has he has not been caught stealing this year, so uh, JT, great job. We need you. Uh, keep that up with in the long long run here. So we're getting close. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that that's an incredible stat, and the fact that he didn't get caught. So being very smart about when he steals those bases, uh, just yeah. awesome. And, and, the, and the thing with the thing with him too is like he does that while still throwing out all these base runners. He has yeah. the fastest pop time in, in MLB. Yeah, dude's got a cannon. It's literally not fair. Oh, oh no. Ronnie. Oh, he got busted tonight. Oh. Too bad. Man. Well, oh, Jason, well. you can't say that anymore, but still, it's a hell of a season regardless. Yeah, That's still so sec- awesome. second catcher in MLB history with a 2020 season and with home runs and stolen bases, so. Yeah, I, I will say this. Um, uh, Shay Langoliers, formerly of the Braves minor league system, now with Oakland, um, he may eventually beat JT's pop time and arm strength because that was one of the big reasons why the Braves drafted him was his defensive prowess. So JT may not hold on to that forever, but for right now, yeah, I, I don't think there is a catcher who is more feared behind home plate than JT Real Muto, and I think that's very safe to say. Yeah. And I can certainly say it sure as hell isn't Travis Darno. I love Darno. I love his bat. Uh, playoff arm Darno is uh, terrifies the shit out of me because you could just run at will on him. All right. So moving on to the hot players this week. Uh, number one hot player for me for this past week, Matt Olson, who was at, who had been absolutely stone cold for the last three, four, five weeks. 
finally turned it up and turned it up when it mattered the most. His average over the last week, 500, 583, 1.333, seven runs, five homers, nine RBIs, eight hits, five walks, five strikeouts. I also had T. Oscar Hernandez of the Blue Jays, 375, 375, 875, scored six runs, three homers, seven RBIs, nine hits, three doubles, and five strikeouts. And I also had Taylor Ward of the Angels, 522, 542, 870, Scored five runs, two homers, four RBIs, did steal a base, 12 hits, two doubles, a walk, and three strikeouts. Did you guys have anybody else for the regular hot whiz list this week? Um, the one, I mean, Aaron Judge had a rough week, but he had 10 walks. So he's still seeing the ball. He's just not hitting it very well. <laughs> 10 walks. That's just nuts. It's like when Barry was on the chase for on on his chase where he got seventy three and was getting intentionally walked with the bases loaded. That's literally I, I feel like where we're at right now with Judge. Yeah, yeah. And then I, the other two one I had was uh, Mookie um, three sixty four four forty five ninety one four runs eight hits five of those eight hits were doubles, uh, two walks and five strikeouts. He's getting hot at the right time. Yeah. All right. So, Joe, who is your Moneyball Player of the Week? Well, actually, uh, you you've mentioned their stats already. Uh, so we're gonna give give this to. Um, I, I I'm gonna give it to Taylor Ward. You read his numbers off. Really had had a monster week. Yeah. Uh, 12, 12 hits, only two doubles and two home runs. So, so, so being productive with his bat, um, the, the one walk and then the stolen base kind of set him apart there. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, hell of a week for both him. And I know, uh, Matt Olson was the other guy you were considering for, for, uh, money ball. Those two guys absolutely on fire last week. Um, for pitchers, I had Marcus Stroman, 2-0, 13 innings, 13 strikeouts, a .69, very nice ERA, .92 whip, one earned run, nine hits, three walks. I had Zach Wheeler of the Phillies, 1-0, 12 innings, 10 strikeouts, 1.5 ERA, .67 whip, not quite so nice. Two earned runs, seven hits, a walk, and a home run. I had Nestor Cortez of the Yankees, 1-0, uh, 7-3, 12 strikeouts, no runs, 0.41 whip, one hit, two walks. And I had to put Shohei Otani on here. 1-0, and 0, eight innings, 10 strikeouts, zero ERA, 0.38 whip, two hits, one walk. I know I don't often focus on the guys who only had one start, but those two guys had such dominating starts. I, I had to put them ahead of several several two-start pitchers that, that I just couldn't. Those are just so dominating in a single start. Um, do you guys have any other starters that you want to mention for this week? Nothing for Jason, nothing for Joe. All right, Joe, who is your adulting reliever of the week? Um, so we're going to have an honorable mention here, um, and it's another opportunity for us to throw some shades at the guys from Flushing. Um, Edwin Diaz, no save opportunities. <laughs> Three appearances this week, two and two-thirds innings, one hit, no run, seven strikeouts. Hell of a week. It's just too bad the Mets offense didn't show up for him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we've never said that at any point in the last two years of this show, that the Mets offense didn't show up. Well, Never said that. Didn't show up for Edwin Diaz. I mean, it's, it's different, but 
Um, Dude, they don't know, show. They, they don't show up most of the season. Let, let's be real. The, the, this this I, Mets I mean, they, 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 they have to show up for the closer to usually come in the game. So <laughs> you're wrong <laughs> on this one. Get over it. Um, you know, Mets offense didn't show up for him, but he still had a good week. But my adult team reliever of the week, uh, Jimmy Herget from Anaheim, three for three in saves, three innings, no hits, no runs, two strikeouts. Really? I thought you might pick Kenley Jansen, four innings, three for three in saves, and seven strikeouts. Yeah. No. Nah. <laughs> you know that, that that was another thing I saw one one of the uh, one of the meltdown posts I saw was from some uh, some Mets guy who does like a six p.m. sports show and then does the overnight for one of the radio stations up there. He said, uh, "I'm I'm going to paraphrase here because I don't have it pulled up, but Kenley Jansen is a junk closer, which he's not. I know he's blown more saves this year than he typically does, but he's not a junk closer. But if you lose to Jansen, if he gets three straight saves on you, you deserve to lose the division. You know, it's just the general meltdown of the Mets continuing 100%. All right. So um, what we are um, ending with, oh, I'm sorry, hot teams for the week. For me, Braves, Cubs, Dodgers, Giants, Angels, Tigers, oddly enough, they got hot, even though it didn't matter. Guardians and Yankees, those were my hot teams. Do uh, you guys have any other teams you want to mention for the hot list? I feel like those were the ones that had nice winning streaks. All right, um, I'm not going to worry about pitching matchups because these are all subject to change for the playoff teams. So coming up, Braves, three at the Marlins, and then the NLDS for them as long as they're able to clinch the division. Cubs, three at the Reds. Uh, tonight is a tougher matchup, uh, Wisniewski versus Green, if Green's accurate. I mean, Green's like Nolan Ryan. If he's if he's on, he's unhittable. If he's not, he's going to walk a lot of guys and then get crushed. Um, that that so, game's final. They lost that one three to one. The Reds won that game. Okay, um, so the Reds have two wins in their last ten games. Green, Green had eight strikeouts, and he had that in four innings. Damn. So. Yeah, when he's on, man, he he is nuts. Um, and the Cubs are also throwing Assad and Samson to end the season, and then they will head off to the 19th hole to play golf and drink beer. And then the Phillies, uh, three at the Astros. And again, as Jason mentioned, the Astros are throwing their three star, their three top pitchers to keep them fresh because they do have the bye coming up. I do not expect them to pitch deep, though. So the Phillies should be able to steal at least one in the series. I wouldn't be surprised by that. And then the Phillies will be heading off towards the wild card round. Um, I, you know, really, I don't know that. Go ahead, Jason. You shut your mouth when you say that. <laughs> As of right now, they will be heading to the wild card. I dude, I, I really do think the Phillies are in. I, I am not again. I know I'm not saddled with a fan base. that's watched this team melt down so many times. I can look at it more objectively than you can. I feel like, but I feel like they're in. Um, but that's that said, though, I'm I'm not really paying attention to anybody else this week. Once Atlanta gets that last win in, I, I don't really give two flying flips about the rest of the regular season. Um, Joe, because the Cubs are out, are you? Is there any team in particular that you're going to be watching just to see how the regular season ends? Um, I mean, I'm going to keep an eye on what on what your guys do and and see see where the playoffs go. I mean, I'm. You know, that's that's pretty pretty fun. So I, I mean, I, I, like I said last week, I'm, I'm George Costanza. I have switched into soup mode. <laughs> no college soup for football, you. College football, 
college basketball practice starts this week for, you know, this weekend coming up. So, uh, you know, I'm excited. Yeah. And as we pointed out, Notre Dame managed to not lose the bye week. So that's always good. I mean, it, you know, they are playing this week in, in Vegas um, against the um, against BYU. So I, I'm not yeah. too optimistic about that game, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, you never know. All right, guys, you can find the audio recordings on Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Amazon Music, and Spreaker. You can see us live on our YouTube channel, on Facebook Live, and on Twitter. You can find our merchandise at revbubble.com slash people slash DDAB dash podcast. Follow us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash dollar dogs and beer. And on our Twitter page at DDAB underscore podcast, you can find all three of us on Twitter. I am at PyroLord314, Jason's at JRicker300, Joe is at JoltonJoe35. We are presented by Dark Arrow Podcast LLC. We are sponsored by the phenomenal Whiskey and Blade Barbershop and Lidditz. Johnny, I don't feel like the Yankees are going to run all the way to the World Series, but hey, if it's Braves Yankees, good luck, buddy. You're going to need it. May your dogs always cost a dollar. May your beer always be cold. Have a good night, everybody.